All right, well, welcome everybody. My name is Tom Miller, and I've, we've never met before. I'm the owner of Leaders Building Leaders. We are a charter school consulting and coaching company that uh, just aims to help close the gap from success to significance for leaders and individuals and whatever their challenges they may be having. And um, so this is exciting to be able to bring exceptional children's teachers and directors to the call uh, once a week. Uh, last week was a real good success, and we had more people sign up this week. So uh, we should have some really great um, discussion and try to get as best as we can answers to your questions. I did see there was a bunch of state webinars that went on over the last couple of days. So uh, we'll open up the queue later to, to um, let you share maybe something you've learned. Um, in the right-hand corner of the chat box is a link to the specific questions that you have been putting in our Google Sheet when you've signed up for this uh, training, things that you want answered. But it'd be a great idea to just open it up and take a look at the other questions that your colleagues are asking. So the questions are probably similar, or maybe they're questions that uh, you weren't thinking of yet. Um, so that's always, always great information to have. And so I'm gonna uh, let uh, my partner, uh, Katie Reidenauer, uh, say hi. I know she was saying hi to a few of you. You were coming into the room. Katie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How's everybody doing? Great to be here as always. And Katie's got the sunshine from the beach coming in on her on her right hand side. So unless you're on a beach, um, you know, Katie's got your beat. It's uh, within distance. And then we got Rhonda. Rhonda's out on her on her back porch or front porch. So Rhonda Dillingham from the North Carolina Association for Public Charter Schools. Rhonda, you doing well? I'm doing fine. Thank you so much. I'm Excellent. excited to be here and join everybody today. Yeah. Just looking forward to learning. I love it. I love it. So w one thing we wanted to start off with, you know, Katie and I wanted to talk about um, was uh, this, this law, you know, if you may or may not know, Katie and I are uh, John Maxwell uh, uh, trained uh, trainers and or we're certified trainers and speakers and coaches. If you've ever read a John Maxwell book or seen one of his quotes, uh, he's, he's been doing leadership for about 30 years. Um, he's written over 100 books, and, and, and he's very down to earth when it comes to teaching about leadership. And so there's one, there's one particular um, law that, makes, that keeps on coming up that I want to share. He's always really big about you know, sharing laws of leadership or whatever that uh, might be. And that, and that particular law is called the law of the scoreboard. So I'm going to pull mine up here. So the law, the law of the scoreboard. So like everybody here has been to a sporting event, right? You've, you've either participated in a sporting event or you've been to a sporting event and, and you could pretty much like, know, you know, the first thing we usually do, right? When you go, even if it's a little league game, like you walk up and you look around, for the scoreboard, right? You know, Katie and Rhonda, you're looking for the scoreboard. Like, what's what's the score? It's the first question that anybody ever asks. You know, yeah. How are we doing? How are we doing? What's the score? And if you see the scoreboard, right? If it's visual, you can typically tell, depending on what team you're rooting for, how the game is going, right? You can instantly look at it and go, oh, it's not good, right? Or, um, or if a team's down by halftime and you show up at halftime and they're down by two, you know, touchdowns you know, as the coach, I've got to make adjustments to be able to win at the end of the game. That's a, that's a critical piece. But I don't know that unless I have a scoreboard. So what I want to, I want to do today during our talk and, and with all of you is to really talk through 
if you were to uh, develop a scoreboard for your exceptional children's program or your success of, of the results through you know, COVID-19 or even in the future, what would be on your scoreboard, right? What things would you be tracking to show or not? Because there's five, John talks about five specific essential um, uh, reasons why we need a scoreboard, right? So the first one is understanding, right? The scoreboard is essential to understanding. And, and it, you know, again, that's, it's visible. We, we walk in and we can immediately understand whether the team we're rooting for is doing well or they fell a little short, right? Or the coach knows that his plan is working or it's not working or whatever it may be. Or I know how much effort I need to give in certain areas to know what's working. It just, it just really helps you give understanding. But if you don't know how you're earning score, right? If you don't know how you're keeping score, or, you know, getting to the score, it's hard to understand, right? It's hard to develop understanding. Now, most organizations, right, have, you know, should have goals. Right, so you can almost think of your scoreboard as the goals, but to be honest, a lot of organizations don't operate by having goals, or they don't have any sense of a scoreboard or a dashboard to know whether they're making progress. But as an exceptional children's teacher, like you know, during my experience, like I got so excited when I finally had a scoreboard. Right, when I was you know teaching students how to read, and I could you know check their fluency and all these pieces. But prior to that, I was so lost because I didn't have understanding of where I wanted kids to get to and where they currently were, right? So just, you know, think it's, it's kind of like, like a family operating without a budget, right? Or, and then, you know, wondering why they go into debt or it's, you know, wondering, you know, it's, it's a school that's, you know, has a, you know, failing education plan, but they don't track anything and they wonder why they fail, right? When the EOG comes and they don't, and they don't do well, right? So you've got to track something on along the way. You can't improve it, right? You can't improve it if you don't measure it. And that leads us to our second essential, which is evaluating, right? So once I understand what I'm keeping track of and where I want to go, now I can evaluate. I, I, I can evaluate what's working or not, right? It's, you know, some people don't realize that the only way to get to the, the, the win is I have to evaluate my current practices and efforts now, okay? And that creates, that's a need for growth, right? You, you need a scoreboard because the scoreboard's gonna give you constant feedback for you to evaluate whether your plan is working, okay? So am I making sense, uh, Katie? First, you got to understand what you're tracking, right? What What's a win? And then, yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm. I'm just wondering if we're seeing the right screen. We're oh, seeing yeah? a spreadsheet that says that is TMSA recommended policy. Oh no! Well, that's not the right screen. I you didn't think so. I just. <laughs> well, see, good. And I should have checked in. Hey, can you all see my screen the right way now? Well, all right. Let me come back to this guy. Hey, there's my ugly face. And here we go. Let's, let's try this again. It's all about learning, everybody. It's learn, learn, learn. Oh, yeah. So I'm sharing my screen. And you see this. And now do you see the scoreboard? Now we're good. Okay. That was so weird. All right. Play from the start. All right. So we talked about it's essential to understanding and it's essential to evaluating, right? So just the understanding was I wanted you to see my screen. And Thank you guys so much. I thought I was in the wrong meeting. Ah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I didn't ask, right. 
I didn't evaluate whether it was going well because I didn't ask anybody. Can you see my <laughs> screen, right? There you go. Good leaders Thank ask you. good questions. Can you see my screen? So now everybody should be able to see my screen. Yes, sir. All right, I love it. We talked about understanding and evaluating, right? So now the scoreboard is essential to decision-making, okay? So once I know where I'm going and I'm evaluating, right? Can you see my screen? Now I can make a decision to move forward. You're, you know, the quarterback in football, right? They, they look at the scoreboard to make decisions on when to snap the ball, right? Or what type of play I need. You know, it's constantly given, it's a constant formative assessment. I mean, that's what you do as special ed teachers. Like you, you assess your kids every single minute of almost every single day. Now, the, the evaluation methods have changed, obviously, because you're not seeing your students every single day. So, but if you don't have that information, you can't make decisions on what's actually working. Okay? What's actually working? We got some feedback there from someone, Katie. If we could, there we go. If you guys can mute yourselves on your side. That would be awesome. That help us out. Okay. Uh, so we understand. We evaluate, and now we can finally make decisions. But when you're not tracking your progress and you don't have the information to make decisions, you're just basically leading with your gut instead of leading by actual reality in your scoreboard, okay? Type, type yes in the box if you can see the screen or if I'm making any sense to you. So, so understand what I'm supposed to track, right? So what I would love is, as, as we're thinking through this, what are some things that you need to be tracking? Like what are some essential things, essential items that as an exceptional children's teacher or director or principal, whatever your role is on this call, do you need to be tracking, right? Because we're going to start to build our scoreboard here. All right, and then we're going to talk about how we evaluate that. But as we get to the fourth essential, the fourth essential is adjusting, right? Once I have a evaluated, then I can make a decision, right, of, of, of which a direction I want to move to, then I start to make my adjustments, right? So the higher level that you and your team are performing at, the least amount of adjustments you have to make. Now, across the state, across the world, actually, we all just had to make a major adjustment to our education plan, except for the schools that were already virtual, right? Right, Katie, already had a blended learning approach. Like they didn't have to adjust too much because right. they were already doing it, right? They were already a high, or they were already a performing, you know, virtual school. Right. Yeah. They had the systems in place. They had the systems in place. So you guys are in a constant flux right now of adjusting depending upon what your feedback is telling you, right? Your evaluation feedback you're making decisions and you're making adjustments to be able to get there. So making key adjustments is going to be the secret to winning through this COVID-19, you know, digital world. And so Michael Fullen, who maybe some of you have read, he's an instructional um, a leader. He's a former principal and he's a great author. He said, he said the key to success, it's, it's, it's not, it's not through innovation or, uh, or uh, technology. It's by finding, right, the smallest number of high leverage adjustments that you can make, right? So as many of your questions came in, your questions ranged from how do we provide services to individuals with disabilities who don't have a computer to we can't get anybody to answer the phone to, you know, some folks are like, how do we 
you know, how do we create interventions, right? How do we make sure there are accommodations or how do we get their related services? Like there's a lot of things that you all are trying to track through right now that all need to be a part of your school board. So I'm hoping that Katie, some folks, you know, put some ideas in the chat box about what things they should be keeping score of. Mm. Uh, just off the top of my head, I'm starting to think about what your questions are, right? If your questions are there, what would winning look like? And where are we currently now, right? Because the scoreboard is essential to winning. It's, it's, and it's also essential to knowing whether the game's almost over. Now, unfortunately, we don't really know the end of the game right now, do we, Katie? We're not, we're not necessarily sure no, when no the clock's going to strike zero, but we know at least it's May 15th, right? Or, you know, you know potentially we could return to a brick and mortar on May 18th, actually. Um, so you could put your, you know, you could put your goals, right, your understanding goals, your scoreboard goals in seven-day chunks or 30-day chunks or whatever that you want to do. You know, the key is what do I want to be better at by next Wednesday than it was today, okay? That's what I want to make sure that we, that we really start thinking about is, is a week from today, which might be spring break next week or maybe around spring break this week, I don't know. A week from today, what would success look like in these areas and how can I evaluate it so then I can make better decisions and we can make adjustments and ultimately get to winning. So that's, that's John Maxwell's law of the school board in a very, very short time frame. And, and I apologize for my technical glitches there at the beginning, but oh good, we got lots of stuff in the chat box. Um, so that's what I want to, I want to start there. So Katie, what do we got here in the chat box? What are some ways that, you know, folks are keeping track here? So folks are tracking attendance and workload, uh, documenting contact with students. And um, Yvonne put that out there. So I just asked her how she was doing it. And she said she was doing it through a Google calendar. Um, and then Carrie added, I record all my one-on-one -on -one Zoom sessions with my students and document. So that's a great documentation. You have that file forever that you did it. And, and then Yvonne said, yes, she shares her calendar with the team. So everybody has access. Cool. So I want to I wanna hop back into here then. Katie, this, yes. is, this is Tracy. Um, can I say something about the tracking? I loved, um, it, I think it was uh, Lily's question about tracking and keeping contact. Don't forget that in your eCATS, you've got a component where you can track all the contacts. So, you know, typically you'd make those, um, you document the contacts with the parent, but with this virtual environment, you could, you could in the, in eCATS, in contacts indicate what you've been doing, you know, each day, each week for each student. So, I mean, that's just something that I don't know if people thought about. Um, I know eCATS is new, but it's just, it's a really, it, it's there, it's in the system. You can pull it up. So it's just a thought. Oh no, thank you for that. I appreciate that, Tracy. Um, remind, reminding people of how the system is set up to assist them, you know, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel is always helpful. Yeah. Hey, Katie, let's keep talking through this list because I missed a couple of them. So you said, I heard attendance, right? So 
So mm -hmm. like attendance to a, to a session, right? Because I know that most, most schools are using some sort of form to track attendance. Would this be attendance during, attendance for the actual um, delivery of services, I guess? If when I like put it in there. Time? Oh, yeah. when I put it in there, Tom, so I'm just making sure. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, you're good. Okay, yeah, oh, go ahead. putting it in, in there, I was just thinking about making sure that they are completing gen ed requirements first and foremost before anything I can do. Right, okay, right. How about even like has has you know you know access to uh, materials because I know that was I know that was a um, I know that was you know one of the questions is is how are we you know how are we making sure that this is a yes no they have access right is also that you know part of it that's maybe probably above the attendances can they actually participate in my in my learning program because you know Katie has brought up some really great you know questions lately about what are we doing about I won't call it truancy, right? But you know, not you know, non-attendance, or if we can't track down somebody, and one of the key is um, just documenting every single attempt, right? Um, attempts at communication, because I was talking to um, Rob uh, McGout uh, today about this. You know, I was letting him know that you know we're doing this, and he thought it was really good, and and he said that was one of the keys. So just make sure you are documenting every attempt at uh, communication. What else is, you know, kind of part of your, your daily things that you should be doing? Uh, what else should we be uh, tracking, Katie? What else uh, did I miss? Well, so Ryan Bender uh, said, you know, teachers keep daily attendance via check-ins and calls or texts. Uh, they document parent contacts, including parents who have not been contacting us. So that goes back to that you know, what about those folks who are just opting out? Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, for Ryan and his school, they're, they're tracking that. Yeah, and Ryan's at the Learning Center. So thanks, Ryan. He's way out there and out there in Cherokee. Thanks. Thanks for being a part of it. And then so how about student learning? Was there anything in the chat box about whether, you know, kids are like how long they're engaged in a lesson or whether they uh, completed a lesson or? Well, Courtney said that, you know, they're tracking communication with families, session attendance, and student progress. So, yeah, Courtney, if you want to hop on and, and elaborate on that, we'd love we'd loved to, to know what that looks like for you. Um, yeah, so we're, we're kind of in the early stages. Um, you know, we kind of, we, our first thing was, of course, like reaching a lot of our families. Um, and now, like I've done just the, over the past week a few sessions with the third graders um, to kind of get the ball rolling. And I mean, as far as student progress, we have a tracker that we keep as a team um, during the school year. And I've just encouraged my colleagues to just kind of, you know, at least once a week, whoever's on there consistently to try to do a little, just like an informal assessment of just see like how they're doing and what we're, what we're doing is effective. Um, just, trying to also keep it as like a common area that we can all access uh, for student progress. Yeah, that's great. So would it also be like if you're doing live delivery time, I mean, would it be something to track like how many minutes of actual service or how many minutes you uh, project your services to take if a student had to work independently? What do we think about that? I would love to hear everybody's thoughts around that one.
Well, Kimberly Hutchins put in a Google Classroom and Packet. So Kimberly, what, what did you mean by that? You have to, can you unmute yourself and chime in? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, my school set up a, we, we function on Google Classroom a lot during the school year. And so moving into this, we continue to do this a lot in middle school and high school. Um, focus mainly on packets and elementary, but we've also extended for those that don't have internet. Um, we have packets that are provided to the parents each week uh, for work. And so that way we can, we can monitor their progress on what they're doing and how they're doing. Yeah, so maybe how you're accommodating, you know, the packet too, right? I'm going to get this spelling wrong, probably accommodating. packets right you're like you're like you know tracking how how you know maybe the teachers are um you know you know doing something like that or the or the interventions exactly i'm connected with all of their google classrooms and i'm able to edit whatever i need to for my students cool there was a really important note and you know kimberly what's the school you're at lake Classical okay yeah perfect yeah you know, let's um, if you come on a mic we would love to know where you're um, you know joining us from so thank you uh, yeah so Rob was very adamant about this that your EC services cannot supplement no can cannot supplant right supplant. Your general ed services right so and even you know vice versa it has to be you want to make sure that you are um, noting the difference of time and that's why I was saying maybe tracking your uh, delivery time per day, per week, or the estimated time per every, every you know, below grade level um, a lesson that you provide, right? Or, or, you know, something that's specifically driving towards their, their you know, uh, goals. It's the, it's the, you know, it's the specially designed instruction is what, is what we need to be tracking. Um, for, for the SDI and that, and, that, and that would just be because we all know everybody on the call, no matter how everybody's going through their situation here, there's gonna be some parents on the back end of this that are gonna to try to prove that you didn't try or do your job. So the more that you can create a scoreboard that works and track everything, you know, the better you're gonna be. John Maxwell always shares, you know, if you're not preparing on the front end, you'll be repairing on the back end. So um, those are a couple of really big you know, ideas to be thinking through. How are we tracking, you know, the packets sent, which one are specially designed instruction aspects and how much time will that take and how much time am I counting towards my delivery? That's good. You guys are doing a really great job. I love the participation. What else is in here, Katie, that um, could be added to our scoreboard? Yeah, I mean, Yvonne just clarified that she's following the IEP recommendations for in-class and pull-out service. So she's balancing that gen ed you know, EC, you know, yeah. requirement for her students. Yep, that's a good one, right? So a lot of you have um, service a delivery time that's collaboration, right? Um, so that's all, that, that's all something that also should be tracked in some way. Uh, you know, Katie, one thing that I thought about too was, um, how about expiring IEPs or, um, mm. or evals, right? uh you know 90 day timelines i mean just just at least 
you know, Rob had said to me, his, his email response to me was, you know, people shouldn't be scheduling meetings just to have meetings. If you feel as though you have the information to be able to change or amend an IEP uh, when it comes to that date, you know, certainly move uh, forward. Uh, but, you know, most people are aware that it, a lot of our 90 day timelines and, you know, some of our IEPs will certainly expire. Uh, you know, during this time. So again, going back to the documentation is really, really critical um, and staying in touch with the parent, keeping any documentation that you can um, about how they responded back if there's an IEP about to expire or anything. And, and Tom, this is Tracy. Mm -hmm. Hey, Tracy. Um, what they told us at the meeting last week was, you know, if it's, if a student has been referred and the, and the evaluations have not been completed, you're going to go beyond your 90 days. You can't, mm -hmm. you know, you can't hold an eligibility meeting without the required documentation. The same is for reeval. If you're reevaling a student, you can do that meeting virtually if you have all the information you have. But if you don't, just like Rob McCowd said, you, you can't have the meeting. Um, and again, don't have the IEP meeting just to have it, but if you have all the information and you can update the IEP if it's time to review and revise, obviously you can do the meeting virtually, but if you can't, you, you've got to continue to implement the IEP as it's written until you can get together and have the meeting. Right. Yeah. You know, and you know, some of you being exceptional children's uh, directors on the call, you might be in a supervisory position where you're actually supervising a team of teachers. So I'm really curious, you know, what do you think are some ways that you can be tracking progress there and, you know, support there? Also, if you haven't put that in the chat box. Hey, Katie, what was it that you had shared with me earlier about uh, Patrick Lencioni? He's, he said they're CROs. What's it called? Say it again. The chief, chief uh, repeating officers. Yeah, chief reminding officers. Chief so that, yeah. you know, if you're a leader, you just can't communicate something once. You have to over communicate it, especially in a time of, that could be a chaotic time such as this. Yeah. So this might be like around, ex, you know, expectations. Okay. Right team you know team uh, meetings um you could record your zoom meetings you should always be you know tracking your meeting minutes um in in you know some sort of google doc anyway because at the end of the meeting you know you say all right what did we all commit to right is everybody clear on their next steps and you put everybody's action step in there so if you're leading a couple people um, it's always important that we get clarity because then if i can see you know what you think my commitment is and i'm like whoa, whoa, whoa that's 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 not the way i heard it you need to get <laughs> clarity before you move forward because if you if you move forward without clarity odds are there's probably going to be a misunderstanding right so if you're supervising uh, people uh you know make sure that you're being very you know uh, conscious of some of them might also be you know moms and dads and they're trying to get their own children through their education plan so flexibility was a big part you know katie you want to talk more we were talking about flexibility earlier about how to have flexibility within your your plan yeah i mean so we you have to create a plan and communicate that plan but then when you run into a roadblock you know we heard from one school leader last week who said Parents are just saying, no, uh, my child's not going to get up at nine o'clock for, you know, for the class classroom meeting because he's going to sleep till 10 so I can get some work done. And so it got me to thinking, 
you know, if a, if a parent decided to not bring his or her child to school, we, we could call the truancy officer, right? Or, you know, there's a process for, for working with that child. Well, we're kind of in unusual times, but it gets me back to thinking like, what's most important? What's most important is to make sure that child is taken care of and that you deliver an education as, as well as you can. So instead of sticking to that schedule, how can you work with that family? You know, so what kind of roadblocks are you all running into you know, similar to that, where maybe your plan that you laid out isn't working for everybody. How have you had to be flexible? Well, the problem I'm running into, even to deliver services, sometimes it's only one cell phone in the household, mm. and that's with the parent. And even if I want to provide services, I might have to wait till that evening or different times when the parent gets off of work to even start working with the child is what I'm running into. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh yeah, thank you. That, thank you, Lily, that was a great, that's a great point. Some, there are limitations to telephones and technology. Yep. Um, so I that's saw, great. I saw a, um, a graphic uh, today, Katie, that it said um, it was less than 18% of low income families have a computer and a cell phone. Hmm. Right. I mean, so, so, you know, Lily's point is right on, like if we're, you know, how are we supposed to communicate? Uh, so that was one of the things I wanted to ask. Uh, there's also a question in the chat box. I want to come back to Tracy Riddle. I want to stay in your question, but write it down to make sure we talk about low tech or no tech uh, programs. Hmm. I heard some people talk about uh, packets. So I want to make sure that we have a conversation about what are some current solutions that are working and then maybe what are some ideas that we can brainstorm to get better? So um, stay in your question and let's go to Tracy next. Okay. How else have people been, had to be flexible in order to meet your students' needs? Uh, Yvonne said that you know, flexibility in time of delivery, mostly afternoon um, into the evening, which is, you know, most of us think like, you know, three o'clock, four o'clock, we're done, but maybe that's not the case during COVID-19, but you know, maybe the morning time is your you know, time to kind of rest and then you're working into the evenings to, to make sure you can serve your families. I love that. Uh, we give surveys to parents to see when the best time is. Perfect, Carrie. That's, that's a great way just to understand what your audience needs, then you can meet them. Anybody else wanna jump on and share what, what they've had to do to flex their plans? Uh, Courtney shared a Google form with families to determine when families are available and help them to try to find that common time uh, because community is really important. And so if you can find a common time, uh, why not, uh, why not find it, you know, and so because the kids want to see each other, they want to see their teachers. So I think that's worthwhile. Hey, Tracy, can you re-clarify uh, uh, the statement about evaluations and IEPs one more time? For sure, sure. I, I saw that question from um, Yvonne. So, you know, if it's possible to do an IEP meeting virtually, you know, using eCATS, however, you know, maybe through a Zoom meeting, whatever, if that's possible, certainly you can go ahead with the meeting. If you have to do reevaluation, and as a reevaluation team, you determine that you need additional assessments, evaluations, 
to determine if the student's still eligible or if the student still has the same programmatic needs, then you'd have to wait. I mean, you could start the reeval process, but if you need additional testing, obviously that's not going to happen during our um, shelter in place. So um, that would have to wait. Again, you could have the reevaluation meeting to get that process started, but you couldn't determine eligibility. Just like if you did a referral, let's say you did a referral the, the, the Friday before we all were out of school. Obviously, you've got the referral and you've got the plan that says these are the evaluations we need, but you're not going to be able to complete those evaluations in this current situation. And so that would have to wait. And that we know that that's an indicator. It's indicator 11. But obviously, for this year, they're going to have to make some changes to that. So we're not um, non-compliant. Does that um, does that help? Okay, thanks. All right, Tom, did you want me to speak about low tech? Yeah, sure, go for it. Well, I think it's it's very hard, and I applaud all of you that are out there providing specially designed instruction to your students with disabilities. You know, as we heard in the meet, in the call last week, something is better than nothing, but you want to make sure that you're providing that specially designed instruction. So, you know, if you can join a gen ed teacher in their Google Classroom and you can provide support to those students in that classroom who need that specially designed instruction, you know, the, the struggle with low tech is you're providing worksheets, materials at their current grade level. So let's say Tracy reads on a third grade level, but I'm in the seventh grade. You know, what you're providing, especially design instruction, is instruction to teach me how to read better, to comprehend better, to improve my vocabulary. So, you know, that in a low tech situation would be worksheets or um, websites or activities, applications that are allowing the student to work on those things that the child needs for their specially designed instruction. You know, when we look at low tech, it's really hard when a student doesn't have access to a computer and everything has to be done with, you know, what we used to call packets that we send home. So I think that's the struggle. And I hear you all as I read your questions, how are we supposed to provide specially designed instruction when we can't get the parents to hop on a Google uh, classroom, or we can't get them to attend a Zoom meeting, or we can't get them to answer their phones. You have to do the very best you can and document, like Katie said, everything you're doing to ensure that you're providing some level of support. Yeah, and that seems overwhelming, right? But Absolutely. Here's you know something I've heard from a couple of other groups, and and you know maybe some of you are doing this. I think we had another question, Katie. So I know I'd like to get us off track, but um, how are you using non-exceptional children staff to support all that work? Right. I mean, a lot of principals have reached out to us and said, you know, I got all these other staff members that I'm. I don't know if I have work for them because school's not here there's your answer. Like they, I, I know some schools are doing this, like they could be the ones reaching out. They could be the ones, you know, documenting. They could be the ones, you know, Courtney said she's got her stuff in like a, like a folder. Like they could be the ones cutting and pasting and creating a folder for Tom Miller, right? So it'll be easy for Courtney to say, no, 
you know, Rhonda, you know, you're my boss. Like these are all the emails that I sent out. Right. So to make it easy. So if you could talk to your principal about, you know, Hey, who are some staff members that could help me uh, be kind of my, you know, support here to be able to call, you know, families, track, you know, families, find resources and, you know, do those things because it sounds like, right. That, you know, uh, Tracy and Katie and Rhonda, like, it sounds like you guys are like quadrupling the work, you know, now, now that you have had to move everything online and make these adjustments, right. Because there had to be a decision made. It seems like more work, but really might be a, a good time to help build capacity with your team and, and, and to help other people find work during this time. Just a thought. Is anybody on the call from Envision Science Academy? Because they're doing exactly that. Yeah, I know Brevard is too. Last week we had Jennifer Snyder from Envision uh, on with us. But yeah, I know that was part of it. I know Brevard's doing it. But yeah, just the more you can use it, use the other folks. That's good. What else were you going to share, Rhonda? Oh, that's all. I just, um, I'm, they would be great people to talk to. Jeff Gorski and uh, Erica Princess and uh, Dr. Charles Fuller at Envision Science Academy shared with me when I interviewed them that they were concerned about not, they didn't want to lay off uh, their hourly employees. And so they did some professional development with them and they repurposed them essentially to um, have daily check-ins with every single one of their students. Yeah. Wow. And Kimberly Hutchins, who already shared once, she said they're actually doing it. So, um, Kimberly, if you're uh, willing to share what that, you know, what that looks like at your school, if you're one of the ones that are struggling out there and want to hear Kimberly. I was with our staff, we have several hourly staff and, um, and so it, it, we've been utilizing them because we've been tracking progress using Google Sheets and, and, and all of that and finding those students that haven't connected with a teacher in a few days um, and we're having them reach out and make calls and mm. and prepare packets and and things like that awesome thanks Kimberly hey Katie what was the other question I wanted to get to I already lost it did you write it down well uh, Tracy touched on it with the low tech, no tech oh, yes. packets. Yes, and um, that's one. And then also I just read one about, um, maybe you know this Tracy and Rhonda, but I don't think I've seen this. Someone asked, how do we, um, it was in the questions about getting permission from the parents to deliver online services. I don't, I don't think that's a requirement, right? I mean, you don't have to do that. No, not that I'm aware of. I mean, when we went to shelter in place, yeah. And if that's what we're going to provide the services, I mean, obviously, if a parent doesn't have a computer or access to the internet, we're going to have to provide low tech and probably going to be in packets that are either mailed or delivered on the doorstep. Um, but there's not a requirement, a federal requirement uh, that indicates that we need permission to provide the services virtually. Um, and there's also, I think I provided to you, Tom, last week, some really good information from OSEP and the Office of Civil Rights that talk about, you know, what our responsibilities are and to do the best we can. Yeah. 
Hey, Katie, yeah, let's, let's make sure we link uh, the page that we have on our website for everybody. So that, that's where we put all of, all those resources. And I know the state's doing a good job of, of, of constantly sending out resources because uh, Lily always forwards them to me. What is really important here is that you think about if you get something big and you are sharing it with your team, like help them out in terms of like, what's the page that you want me to read, right? Or what's the one thing that really came out of this? Because we're all getting overload with information. Like I even see, you know, someone wrote in here in their questions about, um, uh, I, you, know, you, you know, I'm just overwhelmed by all, all the choices, right? Mm -hmm. So just really streamlining yourself and thinking about your scoreboard. What do you want success to look like, whether it's a week, 30 days or 60 days from now, you, you know, you call it and, and let's test it, right? Let's test this resource. Um, let's test what's working. So uh, let's talk about what's working from a low tech or a high tech way. What are some success stories that we've got out there? Thomas, Sorry. go ahead, Tracy. Um, as you were talking about that, I think when we, at the beginning, you talked about the scoreboard. I think it's important that we think about our students. You know, if we have a classroom of, you know, of not classroom, but if we have a caseload of 15 or 20, you know, knowing that there's about six weeks that we're going to be sheltered in place, hopefully not longer than that. What was our goal for our individual students in that six week period of time? I think we have to keep that goal in mind for each of our students. And each of our students are very, very different. So if for one, you know, you expected them to really improve their reading comprehension, and for another one, you just wanted them to begin to learn their word, their um, math word problems, that's the goal we wanna shoot for. So as we provide our instruction, however that might be, high tech, low tech, keep that goal in mind. I mean, remember, what FAPE says is that you will make progress on IEP goals. It could be slow progress or it could be faster progress, but it's just you have to make some level of progress. So I think that when you were speaking, that just struck me as keep that in mind for your students. If you look at where you were in March, six weeks from that point, where did, where did you want to be? And do your very best to get there with those students. That's right. Yeah, so I just dropped in the chat, you know, Katie put a Google Doc, um, but if you click on um, the link there, um, you know, we built a page specifically for you uh, that we were adding some things and there's, there's um, an EC folder. I think that's what Katie may have shared with you because it's a Google Doc, but um, really, I love what Tracy just said, right? Keep your eyes on the prize, create your scoreboard, don't let perfection get in the way of good, document everything really check in with your team, right? Because it's not about making anybody do anything. It's about strengthening your relationship and influencing them, right? And really learning what they can do and work there, right? Because you, you can't force a square into a round peg. So what other success stories are out there? I wanted to point out what Ryan wrote in the chat box. Okay. Um, he said that they have supporting staff members who are reaching out to families individually to make sure that they know how to set up, you know, they know how to operate on Zoom and how to access the materials. So they're, 
you know, they're, they're using their staff so they don't have to lay folks off. Plus they're, they're meeting parents' needs individually, uh, which I, I think goes a long way in, in creating community and, and continuing that relationship during this time. And then he said the P staff has some training videos to provide a basic um, overview of the Google Classroom. Because you know, maybe the PE staff, they're still doing daily PE, maybe they're putting those lessons out there. Um, but you know, but you, whoever's willing to do those extra tasks, you know, makes me think of that, of that training that I did at Fresh Take this year on uh, one good adult. You know, so for those students who are struggling to assign one good adult in the, in the school to touch base with that student every day, and there's a whole system around it, but this would be a great time to try that out. You have some staff who might have some time on their hands. You could start with those kids who uh, kind of cycle through the office a lot. <laughs> uh, and, and you know, the, the kids who really need some one-on-one -on -one attention, you know, assign the janitor to, to, to reach out to that kid once a day and just check in and not necessarily about behavior or choices like, hey, how was your breakfast today? You know, what, what, what's your favorite show you're watching right now? But, and then just set some goals. Like, what do you want to work on? You know, what, what's your goal in math? What's your goal in reading? Uh, I think this would be a really good time to launch a program like that. Yeah, because, you know, eventually we're going to go back to school. Mm -hmm. So you also need to be thinking about, right, you need to be microscopic on what you're looking at now, but you need to be thinking in the future, you know, 30, 60, 90 days from now when we go back to the building, what is that going to look like for our students, right? You know, what are some, some ways we need to get them, you know, you know, acclimated again, build better relationships, feel comfortable coming to school? Um, and I'm really wondering if anybody's out there um, who's serving you know, you know, you know, the students I serve were a, a self, you know, self-contained, um, low, you know, very low, you know, uh, cognitive level. I wonder, is there anybody who's, you know, serving anybody who's more of a self, you know, contained environment and what are you learning and, and what's, and what's working? I don't know if we have anybody in the call who, 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 who serves those students. Now, Courtney just put a great message that doesn't relate to serving, um, you know, the students you just described, but just talking about how important it is to over communicate that, you know, if they're not, if they won't answer texts or phone calls, try class dojo. What about email? But just being persistent on what's important. Yeah. Yeah. And right. And be clear and to the point and, and even, right. What's, what's their next easy step, right? Cause it's easy during these times to get so overwhelmed with all this stuff. So make it easy for them. Click here, right? Here's your next step, right? What's the next easy yes that you can get them to do. Um, Cause some folks are just trying to uh, figure out how they're going to pay rent mm -hmm. and, you know, and, 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 and some are at the beach and decided, I'm not doing any work, right? So you have all sorts of, you know, levels. So you guys are doing a great job. So be persons of influence and be relationship builders during this time. Uh, Rhonda, you want to talk, what's, what's this webinar that you just put in the chat box so everybody's aware of it? Yeah, so I found out today that the National Center for Special Education has announced their involvement in a new coalition for educators called Educating All Learners Alliance. And they're holding two webinars. The first is tomorrow at three o'clock on student advocacy during COVID-19. And the other is this Friday, April 10th 
at three o'clock again, student privacy during COVID-19. And these are specifically uh, targeted toward um, special ed educators. Yeah, thanks Rhonda. Yeah, so that's, that's down there in the corner. You can sign up for that. Um, and some folks ask some questions about related services. And I know we touched on it last week, but is there anybody who's you know, willing to share a win through related services? Something that they've learned or something that's improved? I've heard a lot of our schools talk about uh, teletherapy that their that their contract services service providers are doing teletherapy. Um, the frustrating thing is that they have to do it one on one, whereas for some of them they were doing group services, and now they're having to do it one on one. Yeah. So here's how I want to end. Right. This is good intentions of being on this call. That's great. Good for you. Now, what we want is we want to get to results, right? Because so what is what put in the chat box, what's one thing based upon this call that you're going to do, right? One step, it doesn't have to be a big step, it, you know, it could just be re remember to take the, you know, dinner out of the fridge, right? But what's what's one step that you're that each of you are going to do? So we've got we've got 30 people on here right now. So we should have some really good action steps here for folks to be thinking through. I know from me, you know, Katie, um, this, and you know, Tracy, you really added some really great, you know, value and, and Rhonda, like you hearing all this is so important because you'll be the ones, you know, talking to legislation and, you know, state authorizers, like taking these uh, questions and, and trying to find the answers, you know, for them. Rob did a pretty good job. I sent them to him and he sent me some, some just some, you know, little things here and there. Um, so how can we best help you, I guess, is more, more importantly, right? Is, is what could we provide that's not going to overwhelm you? Because you're already, some of you are, you know, overwhelmed. Um, but what's, you know, what's, what's some ways that we could better support you too? You can put that in the chat box. So would love to see some action steps here. So that's, that's what I want our action step to be is being more clear about what's the call to action that we can help you with. Um, what's, what's, what's one from your side, Rhonda? What's, what's, you know, something that you need to really support this group with? Well, I was just typing in uh, what I was going to do for my action step. Uh, I have just spent some time today um, looking for information that I thought would be valuable to this group. And I found eight articles, blog posts, um, that sort of thing that I thought would be valuable. And one of them is on related services. I'm going to send that out um, in my daily email this afternoon. Yeah. So if you're not a members of the association or, or if you're not getting it, maybe your principal is, uh, or, you, or they can just go to your website and sign up, right? Uh, Rhonda, they can go to the North, the North Carolina, you want to drop it in the box, how they can be added to your group. Yeah. I'll put my email in here. Anybody who isn't getting my emails every day, just um, email me and I'll add you to the listserv. Cool. All right. Either I'm not getting chat boxes or, 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 or nobody wants to share their action step. Come on. Lily, what's your action step? I'm going to, I'm going to pull rank here. What are you going to do? Um, I'm still going to keep track of my students' attendance to make sure they're logging on. 
and trying to troubleshoot why they're not logging on, what's the problem, and try to problem solve. So keep on problem solving. Would it be helpful for everybody? Like if I, if, if we took this, you know, scoreboard list and, and just turned it into like a spreadsheet graph and sent it to you and you could kind of manipulate it and see, would that be helpful? To, so you have it? Because you guys came up with a really good list here. I know you couldn't see it at first because, you know, Katie hid my, hid my screen. Um, we'll just blame it on her. It's a lot, it's, it's a lot easier. But these there were some really good things that you had, you know, um, that who has access to lessons? Um, the daily attendance of your, of your actual service delivery model, uh, contacts with the student and the parent, how many times you try to contact them, what's the progress that the student's making towards the specific goal, what's the amount of delivery time per every student per day per week, right, versus the core classes, because I think it was Courtney or someone put in, maybe it was Kimberly about, you know, versus the core classes, really important. Um, how am I accommodating the packets and interventions? How much time am I spending collaborating with the general ed teachers? What are some expiring IEPs? How, how much time are the related services getting delivered? Right? It's just, well, what are the flexibility and adjustments that you're making you know, uh, per week? Because you, you guys know you got to give things time to be able to uh, percolate. And it's 16 to 1, right? you got to repeat yourself 16, one, 16 times for every um time that they'll actually hear it and go so people are putting in some really good action steps Tom. Yeah, do you good. see those yeah read them out there katie i'm about so emily hayes is going to continue communicating with all related parties uh, and do weekly check-ins ryan bender is going to make personal contact with each ec staff member for feedback on their journey uh, to determine where additional support could be needed rosita richardson is be is going to be more intentional by documenting parent contacts uh, Courtney, and I don't want to butcher the last name, Gogoulet. Is that decent? Okay. <laughs> this has been really helpful to collaborate with others who are doing this work. Right. Thank you. I'm so glad it's helpful. The action step is to work on related service delivery plan and keep communicating across the EC team and families. Over communicate. I think that was one of the most important messages that we heard today. And I heard that in a call I was in with Patrick Lencioni, who um, is big in the business world and he was like this is the time you have to over communicate so that's a really important point um Teresa harrison she's going to continue to over communicate uh she's a principal over there at tillery so great job Teresa. and v phillips attempt to contact parents that i've been unable to reach last week and set up hopeful times for us to meet yeah so go after those parents who might be dodging you and yeah. see how you can connect with them. Okay. Oh, and Sheila, communicate with EC staff and students. <laughs> did you see this uh, this uh, Tracy Riddle action step? Is she still on the call, or did she or did she leave us? Uh, I'm still here. Oh, they, I could. There's so many names on the chart. I can't find it. Tracy, say is. out loud what you're doing action step wise, because this is great. I don't know if you know folks know this. <laughs> Well, what I said was that I was going to um, work with my, our Acadia North Star charter school clients to help them address specially designed instruction for their students, both virtually, which a lot of them are doing, and through packets, because sometimes that's the best you can do. And I think I also want to communicate with them about, you know, if your school day is three hours now, if, you know, virtually you're providing three hours of service for your students in gen ed, that your special ed time is going to also 
decrease proportionately to that. So I just think they need to understand that because I think some of our, our schools, our special ed teachers are going crazy trying to provide service all day long and they really don't have to do that. Yeah, I love it. All right, well, it looks like this was helpful. So good job by everybody. Rhonda, you got some parting words for us? Somebody else that testified that I didn't do it? Yes. Oh, Rhonda, you didn't do it. I don't think you did it. That wasn't me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just everybody hang in there. You're doing a great job and um, keep serving those students the best you can. Yeah, and make sure you reach out to Rhonda. If you've got a really great story happening, Rhonda's doing a great job of advertising the incredible, innovative work that we're doing, or that we're doing, that you guys are doing um, out there in the field. So it's okay to brag on yourself. Please do it. And Rhonda will make it even better. And uh, so be sure you message her anything that you or your school has uh, going on, because we need to keep the positivity, right? We need to feed the faith and starve the fear here, right? And let everybody know that we are, you know, serving all students and it's, and it is going to have a great result. Uh, Tracy, you got any last words for us? Just do the best you can to the best of your ability. Yeah, I love it. Katie? Katie? Oh, uh, you know, I'm just thinking about how times of crisis uh, don't reveal, or they don't make a leader, they reveal a leader, and you all are leaders for your EC families and students and uh, teachers. So show them who you are. And this is a time to create great stories. So in 20 years, students can say, you know what my teacher did for me? Uh, but remember, it's also time for enrollment. So you, this could be great marketing for your school. So create those snippets that can be shared out and remind people that if your school is still doing open enrollment, that this is the time to enroll. And you know, your parents are your best marketers. So if you can encourage them to, to share their stories with people who might be looking for a school environment like you, like, like you provide, this is the time to start talking about it. Yeah, that's awesome, Katie. Thank you. And I'll just remind you that, look, there's only a couple of ways in which we're all equal in life. One is time, right? And now we're all suffering through COVID. So create a common enemy and really start to really, you know, change something, right? Bring the good out of this and make sure that you are taking the time to take care of you because God forbid if something happens to any of you right now, all those students that you serve, all those teachers that you support, and your own family is really going to struggle. So just like Tracy said, you can't give 24 hours a day of service. You need to you know, figure out how to, how, to, how to detach from this problem and to unplug so you can be as smart and healthy as you need to be when the time is right. So uh, love you all. Thanks for what you do. I'm going to unmute everybody so you can say goodbye if you want. And uh, we'll be on again next next Wednesday. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye.